inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? You told us when it could be time to panic. Well, is it time to panic? Well, let me just tell you, folks, it's never going to be time to panic because we're never going to give up. We're not going to give up on America. America is worth it. America is worth fighting for. America is worth not giving up. And while we have that attitude of not giving up, we are constantly going to be searching, strategizing, coming up with ways to prevail. We've got the basics. We have we have millions and millions of Americans that are fed up. Can't wait to do something about it. There will be a series of ideas that people come up with based on dealing with the fraud that we know we have to deal with. You're not alone. You're not a singular individual all by yourself out there trying to fight these people by yourself. There are 74 million plus and growing. We're not going to give up on America. From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Welcome back. Hour two of the Wendy Bell Radio program is officially on the clock now. If you do like listening in podcast form or you got to step away today or anytime, just get our podcast. Get it downloaded onto your device. Two million people already have, which is totally amazing. But just search Wendy Bell Radio and take us with you wherever we go or you go. Uh, great to be with you. You know, this, uh, this whole seizure of Catherine Herridge's computer... Uh, is is deeply offensive to me. It should be to anybody, but I am a former member of the media. Uh, I don't say that I am a part of it today. I have an opinion, and I share that opinion. And I share that opinion on Newsmax Television every weekend. Uh, and I share it here on this radio program for 15 hours every week. But I went through all of the ranks of a Catherine Herridge. And what I am seeing is the silencing of voices and the, the trampling of a free press. If you, as a journalist, live in fear that you can be tracked down and forced to divulge the source of news... If they can strong arm you, kick you out of your job and then seize your materials. The ripple effect on whistleblowers is amazing and it's disgusting. And these are the people who want you to believe that for some reason, Donald Trump or anything in his orbit in the whole MAGA empire is a threat to democracy. You're living it, friends. A threat. Do we even have democracy? You're not allowed to speak up. Not allowed to ask questions. Do you see the video of all the reporters shooed out of a Kamala Harris, some sense of nonsense that she was doing? Somebody asked her a question and immediately the handlers step forward and shoo everybody out. Look, if, if you don't have elected leaders who are held responsible for the suck, you don't have democracy. You don't have representation. You have a dictatorship. 
So here's the story. CBS seizes computers and records of investigative reporter Catherine Herridge. This is on DailyCaller.com. And it's important that we get through what we know and what people who were aware of this are thinking about it. It is beyond, beyond outrageous. Here's your story. CBS apparently seized computers, records, and files of the now former investigative reporter, Catherine Herridge, who has recently been fired from the network, according to Jonathan Turley. Turley, a professor at George Washington Law School, said he spoke with people presently and formerly employed by CBS who confidently told him they do not recall senior staff ever taking such a step before. Look, ladies and gentlemen, I was fired by uh, the TV station, the network that I worked for, for 18 years here in Southwestern land before time. They boxed up everything that was mine. And they had it FedEx to my house. That's standard operating. What's going on here? At the time of her departure, Herridge was investigating special counsel Robert Hur's report on President Joe Biden. Allegations of corruption against the president and Hunter Biden's laptop, Turley noted. One former CBS journalist reportedly said staffers have never seen the apparent seizure of records and files from departing staffers. What message does this send to the people who remain at CBS? How could you possibly stay there? The apparent seizure has caused a, quote, chilling signal across staffers at CBS purposeful the journalist added turley wrote the previous cbs manager reportedly asked that he had never or stated rather that he had never heard of anything like this as most departing journalists take their records and files upon leaving said the apparent seizure of her possessions is outrageous and endangered confidential sources turley says these files may contain sources that were handled and handed confidentially to herridge making the company's move Dead wrong. Paramount Global laid off Herridge along with 800 others in mid-February. She left Fox News in 2019 after 23 years to work as a senior investigative reporter for CBS News. She had previously been handed a prestigious award from the Congressional Medal of Honor Society. Herridge is currently the subject of a First Amendment legal fight and could be held in contempt of court if she refused to disclose her source for investigative pieces she wrote in 2017, according to the Washington Post. Isn't this amazing that this is where we are? That There's no threat to democracy. Democracy does not exist. This is not our constitutionally backed republic. This is lawfare. This is political warfare. This is desperation. U.S. District Court Judge Christopher Cooper ruled August 1st that Herridge had to disclose the sources who informed her about a federal probe involving Yangping Chen, a Chinese-American scientist who sued the federal government for allegedly leaking private information to the journalist. The judge ruled Chen's need for evidence overrides 
Harridge's qualified First Amendment privilege. And this is being appealed right now. Fox News is supporting her. So that's one thing that at least doesn't suck. But this is where we are. This is what is going on. And I want to read you some of the things that Jonathan or that Jonathan Turley has been has been talking about. And I want to get to this one critical part of his article on TheHill.com. He says the timing of Harridge's termination immediately raised suspicions in Washington. She was pursuing stories that were unwelcomed by the Biden White House and many Democratic powerhouses, including the Her report on Joe Biden's diminished mental capacity, the Biden corruption scandal and the Hunter Biden laptop. She continued to pursue these stories despite reports of pushback from CBS executives, including CBS News President Ingram Cyprian Matthews. Why is your leadership at CBS News against the truth coming out? Because they're corrupt as balls. Period. These people aren't involved in news. They are the purveyors of the propaganda. Given the other layoffs and declining revenues, the inclusion of Harridge was defended by the network in its layoffs and its cutbacks as a painful but necessary measure. But then something strange happened. The network grabbed Harridge's notes and her files and informed her that it would decide what, if anything, would be turned over to her. The files likely contained confidential material from both her stints at Fox and CBS. Those records, it suggests, are presumptively now the property of CBS News. Now, most recently, I saw a tweet of hers, and it's a tweet of uh, interference, if you will, from SAG-AFTRA. So this is the, the union representing television and radio artists, right? I'm a member of SAG-AFTRA. Everybody who's involved in it is. And apparently these negotiations between SAG-AFTRA and CBS News will probably get Catherine Herridge her things back. But after they've already looked at them, after they've already invaded that privacy, after they've already taken the Constitution and they stomped all over it the same way a smug and cud-chewing Nancy Pelosi, whatever the hell it is that she's chewing on at the States of the Union was ripping up Donald Trump's State of the Union. It's the same thing. They'll wrap themselves in the flag. They'll pretend under the umbrella of, of the Declaration or the Constitution that they're fighting for what is right, and that's the preservation of the very democracy that they have destroyed. And they are counting on you being too stupid to know. But you're not. And so the only last desperate Hail Mary is going to have to be some form of an emergency. Some form of pants on fire. Oh, my goodness. To do a Zelensky in Ukraine. It's not safe right now for us to vote. Really? I can't wait to see how that's going to go over. All right. So this is just one nasty peel of the rancid uniparty swamp creature onion. The FCC, which now has a Democrat majority, ruled something yesterday about television and radio stations that you might want to know about. And this is interesting on the heels of George Soros buying 220 Odyssey radio stations. Buckle up. We've got it next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. 
all of these people out there who want to run around, the Dan Goldmans of the world, who long ago lost whatever shred of respect and a reputation he might have had. They run around and try to drum up the same old demons. There is no new move. They're looking at the chessboard. And they don't see it. Not only do they not see the play. They only see the same old playbook. Lie about Russia. Russia, Russia, Russia. Marsha, Marsha. I want to read this on Newsmax.com. And Brendan Carr is an FCC commissioner. He is the senior most conservative Republican FCC commissioner. It's a panel of five. There are two Republicans and three Democrats. This is why these elections that you don't hear about often matter. Brendan Carr got in touch with me many years ago. As I was starting off on the airwaves here in the land before time, And I came out as an unabashed conservative. You didn't have to listen. I didn't care. But they did. And we went from 17th place to second place in the ratings, beating Sean Hannity in less than a year. Why? Because people were hungry for the truth. And that ticked off a lot of people. So FCC Commissioner Brandon Carr reached out to me directly and said, Hey, keep your eyes open. Because they are filing complaints against you at the FCC level. Knives are out. People want your voice silenced. What ended up happening? I got fired. This headline from Newsmax. FCC commissioner rips agency's race and gender directive. This isn't about communications. This is about madness. This is about forcing television and radio stations to bow at the altar of suck. And to show how diverse they are with the number of female people and the number of minorities. Who gives a fat crap who's hired? Don't you want talent? No, it's not what we want, ladies and gentlemen, and you know better. Here's your story. Federal Communications Commission panel member Brendan Carr blasted the decision of his colleagues to move forward... Sorry, to move forward with an initiative that would require broadcasters to make public a race and gender scorecard of their employees. A directive, he says, runs afoul of the Constitution. How about it runs afoul of common sense? What we are saying is it doesn't matter who you are intrinsically. We don't care about what makes you singularly individualistic. Your unique traits. We care about if you've got a penis or ovaries and if you're black or not. That's what that means. Because those boxes mean more to the rabid left than anything else. And we wonder why America is in this period of retrograde. Why Kevin O'Leary would say it's a loser state New York is. And why Donald Trump would say America is dying. Carr, the senior Republican commissioner on the FCC and former general counsel, wrote a six-page dissenting statement over the agency's decision to post a race and gender scorecard for each and every TV and radio broadcast station in the country. 
In doing so, the FCC caves to the demands of activist groups that have worked for years and across different industries to persuade the federal government to obtain and most importantly publish this type of data about individual business. This is no benign disclosure regime. He added, the record makes clear that the FCC is choosing to publish these scorecards for one and one reason only, to ensure that businesses, individual businesses, are targeted and pressured into making decisions based on race and gender. Do we not have anything better to do? Can I reach out to these FCC hacks and say, wake the hell up! We are so tired of your childish BS activist, progressive Marxist, communist, socialist suck. That's what we want you to know. I don't care if the pilot who's in the cockpit of my plane is a woman or is a man. If they're gay or straight, if they're Republican or Democrat, black or white, everything now. Can you can you fly the plane? Can you land the plane? Good enough for me. Looks like everybody on TV anymore is a gay man or a girl. So what you want, right? This is where we are. This is your government. Remember the voices. Threat to democracy. Donald Trump. Vladimir Putin. Interfering in our elections. Threats to democracy. What democracy? We live in crazy town. I want to get off the train. How about you guys? So do moderates. And that is why the left is going freaking nuts. All right, when we come back, we got to talk about this Alexander Smirnov guy. A trusted informant with the FBI. Now their scapegoat gets rearrested. Why? Because he told the truth. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. (laughs) All right, so we we have to talk about this. It's so utterly ridiculous. All of the the playbook, the Russia playbook, Donald Trump is an asset. It's so dumb. Because we know how all these players, the CIA, the FBI, everything connected to the Department of Justice, how all these players have been corrupt and working in tandem, not just to fiddle with our elections, but dating back to 1948. I mean, fresh out of World War II. And we and our CIA are over in other countries, Italy, meddling with elections. It's something that this establishment has done for way too many years. And then Donald Trump came along and something happened. 63 million people decided to trust their instincts. And there was no preparation for that turnout. It was giant. And Donald Trump won. And they hate you. And they hate you every day. Every single day. The disdain for people like Claire McCaskill, right? For anybody at CNN, for the Democrat operatives who bubble forward when it's time to talk about MAGA Republicans, right, and lie about us, the disdain for you is because you didn't fall for their garbage. And think about where we are now. They want you to unremember 
They want you to erase and put somewhere down a wormhole all that you know. But see, there's that there's that rub when you're awake. You can't just all of a sudden take some NyQuil and zonk out and forget about it. So what did we know last year? This wasn't expected. House Oversight did not know what they were going to get. They knew that they needed to win the majority in the House in order to take over all of these assignments. They knew they wanted to get to the bottom of a lot of different things or at least open the door and start pulling the thread. But it wasn't until last summer, if I'm not mistaken, that we found out about this gentleman who was unknown up until recently, Alexander Smirnov. He was a confidential source, guy who worked for the FBI, credible, credible enough that he was paid six figures by the Department of Justice that he was employed by them as far back as 2010, 2011. This guy's job was to be in other places on the planet and to basically listen and have conversations with other people and report back to our FBI. And so what did he do? He reported something that he had heard in his discussions with the guy who owns Burisma. And he filled out a form and he wrote the form out. Hey, yeah, I talked to him. 1023 is what it's called. And it was delivered to the FBI. It was filed with the FBI and it emerged in this House oversight probe of what was going on with Joe Biden and his crime family syndicate. And so Jim Jordan, Jamie Comer, they try to get Christopher Ray from the FBI in. Christopher Ray, what did they do? They stonewall. They slow walk. They wait until the last minute. They're too busy. Can't clear the calendar. And not so sure I can make it anytime soon. Until Jim Jordan was finally like, look, dude, come in here or we will file a subpoena. We will come after you and we will hold you in contempt of Congress. So all of a sudden, a reluctant... And just gross, Chris Ray comes in, speaks about this heavily redacted 1023, which is an unclassified document, right? And, and Chris Ray, when asked about it, well, what about this? This guy says he's got 17 different recordings showing Jim and Joe Biden, or rather Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, being bribed by this guy who owns Burisma. What do you know about that? Christopher Ray's response it's part of an ongoing investigation. I can't comment on that. That's a matter of national security. Uh, well, we're not certain that's classified. Hey, Chris, suck it. Because your chickens have come home to roost. So this guy, this informant comes forward now. Knives are out for him. And the DOJ is trying to twist the story and say, uh-uh, no, 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 he lied about that, don't you know? Believe us, because we're so reputable. And now they're throwing muscle at this guy, and he's going to be thrown under the bus. This is what it's like to be ensnarled in the suck. New York Post headline. FBI informant accused of lying about 10 million accused of lying about 10 million dollar Biden bribery allegation rearrested under bizarre circumstances. I'll say so. Here's your story. The FBI this underscores all you need to know. They'll come for you. They will turn on anyone. They will lie 
They will wiretap. They will invent, concoct. They will steal with abandon, without shame, because they've been doing it that long. The FBI informant accused by special counsel David Weiss of fabricating a $10 million bribery allegation against President Biden and first son Hunter fabricating, fabricating, was arrested, rearrested Thursday, just yesterday, under what his lawyers called bizarre circumstances two days after his release from jail. Alexander Smirnov, 43, was taken into custody at the downtown Las Vegas law offices of his attorneys as he consulted with them on his case, court documents show. U.S. Magistrate Judge Daniel Albrecht had granted Smirnov's motion for pretrial release Tuesday under various conditions, denying a Justice Department effort to keep the dual U.S.-Israeli citizen in custody. They wanted him locked up, easier to control. Can't talk to people. The government filed a motion to reopen Smirnov's detention hearing in the center, Central District of California, where a federal grand jury indicted him on charges of making a false statement and creating a false and fictitious record earlier this month. Really? Despite Judge Albrecht's prior ruling, Denial of this stay request and Mr. Smirnov's prior release from custody, blah, blah, blah. He was arrested for a second time on the same charges based on the same incident while at his law uh, counsel's law office, having meetings with them, talking about his case. His lawyers wrote in a motion for an emergency detention hearing in the U.S. District Court for the District of Nevada. It should be further noted that the fact Smirnov was attending a legal consultation at his attorney's office contradicts the notion that he was a flight risk. There are no provisions for the rearrest of Mr. Smirnov in this district after being ordered released. These people have gone rogue. There's no reason CBS should retain Catherine Herridge's stuff. It's not what is done. But now it is. Now it is. The news is tightening. And we know it. Now I'm going to bounce over to this New York Times article. Let's see how the New York Times is handling this from the left side of view. Headline, the informant turned defendant who took aim at the Bidens. That's completely bogus. It's just like the headline I read to you yesterday from the guy running for office, running for Senate in Wisconsin. Twisting things, selective reporting, choosing specific headlines, specific pictures, because all they have left is the propaganda. How Alexander Smirnov managed to convince business partners, law enforcement agencies, and politicians that he had something of value to offer remains an enigma. They will go after anyone. They will destroy anyone. They will take people who had once been in their lair and they will roll on them. That's what happened here. So here's the New York Times approach. You think about what you believe. 
Alexander Smirnov was in many ways the archetype of an informant operating in the shadowlands of the former Soviet Union. Right? Russia, Russia, Russia. Propaganda, propaganda, propaganda. A profiteer, fixer, and gossip who promoted his ability to make sense of a confusing landscape to American law enforcement agencies. For more than a decade, he played a double game, giving the FBI tantalizing visibility into a cast of oligarchs and public officials while offering himself as a consultant with a hard-to-define skill set to some of the same people he was keeping tabs on. Then... Bum, bum, bum. He stepped over the line. The hell is this? Fake news. In 2020, Mr. Smirnov told his FBI handler what prosecutors say was a brazen lie that the oligarch owner of the Ukrainian company Burisma had arranged to pay $5 million bribes to both President Biden and his son Hunter. The explosive claim was leaked to Republicans who made Mr. Smirnov's allegations a centerpiece of their now stalled effort to impeach President Biden, apparently without verifying the allegation. You don't have to dig far, ladies and gentlemen. You just don't. You know the setup. You recognize the play because it's the same they have used and abused for years. It is emotion. It is drama. It is a whodunit. Meanwhile, all we wanted to know was why did the FBI and the Department of Justice so quickly turn on a man who they held in their employ for 14 years, whom they paid probably a million or more dollars to, who they valued as a confidential and highly respected human source. What changed? He told the truth. And in Joe Biden's America, the truth is not allowed. When we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio program, my friends, New York is simply not worth the risk anymore. The mass exodus, death by a thousand investments, leaving. We're going to listen to Grant Cardone. He's the guy who says he pulled a billion out of New York City after they slammed Trump with 355 million. Don't miss this next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. So Kevin O'Leary has been dropping those truth bombs saying New York is a loser city. It's a loser. Who wants to come here? Who wants to be a part of this? And then you have smug representatives like Letitia James, who's like, mm-hmm, that's right. And she's going to try to be all badass. And then you've got Kathy Hochul, who sucks. And she's going to say, get out of here, Republicans. Lee Zeldin, get out of here. You're not welcome here. Well, you know, a lot of people who are conservative, who are uh, investor material, heard that. 
And they're like, well, I'm, I'm not so sure I want to do business in New York. And now Kathy Hochul's like, no, no, no. No, no, I was riding the wave of crazy. I, I didn't really mean it. Really? Well, there's this guy. His name is Grant Cardone. He's a prominent investor, and he speaks out similarly to Kevin O'Leary, calling the spade a spade. And he's going to tell you exactly what people who do business, who make the decisions, who buy property, who buy not just for now. They're not buying a house. They're buying a building. They're buying something of value. They're not going to leave it in a year. They want to hold it. They want it to grow. It's not do it. It's not worth doing that anymore, he said. In these blue cities that are crazy. I want you to hear Grant Cardone say he was working on this for 40 years, plans to invest a billion dollars in New York City and other places in America, and those deals are done. No more. Listen. We thought this year was the opportunity to come into Chicago, California, and New York City. I've been waiting for 40 years now to invest in that marketplace. I was completely confident, Steve, this was the year to come. And when that ruling happened, uh, it was like pencils down, don't touch it, don't go there. We invest for 14,000 investors at Cardone Capital that depend on cash flow. And if I can't predict the cash flow because of some ruling or because of the migrants or because I can't evict people. New York City just keeps doing every single thing they can to sell real estate in Florida <laughs> right. and not sell real estate in New York. It, it, I mean, seriously, all you're going to be left with will be the core of people who are Democrats, by and large, who can't afford to escape, who will be relentlessly beaten down. Eric Adams is beginning to feel the heat, being the sanctuary city cheerleader that he was. Kathy Hochul now seeing, oh crap, people heard what I said. They're leaving. So what was it exactly in this judge's ruling penalizing Donald Trump for somehow mis or overstating his brand's value? What was it about that $355 million with interest closer to $450 million fine payment judgment? What was that, Mr. Cardone, that encouraged you to scrap your plans to invest here anymore? Listen. Look, I remember doing a deal once where I put a value on my property that I was getting rid of. I inflated the value. A guy at the bank at Merrill Lynch heard about it and bought it for the price I had stated to the bank. So every seller is always going to to push the price value up based on the future, not based on fraud. We're not doing it for today. It's for future. We're selling for future value. That does not make us fraudulent. That does not make this criminal. That does not make the buyer a victim. And it sure as hell doesn't make the bank a victim if they get paid in full for the money they loan, that is common sense, real estate 101. And any of us who has ever bought or sold property understands that. And so does common sense America. They know what's going on the same way they know what's going on with Catherine Herridge. The same way they know what's going on as the DOJ is trying to muzzle 
and discredit someone who sticks a fork in the side of the Biden crime family syndicate. And finally, Grant Cardone says this. Until some major changes are made and I'm not holding my breath, my money's going south. Listen. Until this uh, thing is overruled, and I believe it will be, nobody, nobody in commercial real estate investing big money. We were going to take we were going to put a billion dollars in New York City this year. We were going to put a billion dollars in Chicago and maybe another billion in, in, in Los Angeles. And we won't touch any of them now. All right. Texas, Texas, Florida, Arizona. Go hard, go big and go long and go conservative. I, I mean, honestly, uh, what where where is the mystery? What have these people done? What is the Kathy Hochul ilk done of benefit to, to anyone? What has Eric Adams done? What, what is what have any of these people? What policy? What plan? What idea? What dream are they going for? It is destruction. It is abject destruction. And that is why a movement, a, a, a tidal wave of love of country has bubbled up across this fruited plain. And they are so afraid of that love because they are ruled by hate. When we come back, I'm going to bring in our national security expert, John Guandolo. You've heard John on this program before. I really like this conversation. Because we're going to discuss a deep dive investigation that has uncovered the unfortunate truth for Joe Biden and the powers that be on the left, that it wasn't Russia who ever colluded in 2016. It wasn't Donald Trump and Russia. It was Ukraine. And it was Ukraine and Democrats. And they don't want you to know these things for a very specific reason. They need their whipping boys at least for nine more months, ladies and gentlemen. Well, welcome back, former federal agent and national security expert, John Guandolo. And don't miss good news and bad jokes. It's next, hour number three of the Wendy Bell Radio Network.